Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is the Beard and the Beauty podcast, episode four. I'm your host, Paul, with my beautiful wife, Jacqueline. And so before we get started, why don't you kick us off? All right. So episode four, we've been kind of going through what we want to share. Um, and a big piece of our journey, which we're going to get into tonight, is Paul's health journey as well as just health in general because I think that's a huge cornerstone um, for relationships, for happiness, for life. So we wanted to kind of focus on all those pieces tonight. So are we doing just health or kind of like all-encompassing? All-encompassing because I think it's important for people to hear like somebody's journey when, you know, it isn't all unicorns and roses because well, it never is yeah but i think it's really important and and is a huge reason on why it led us to do what we do so it kind of all goes together well first let's do this then let's do why don't you explain what it is you do day in day out in our office and why we are so successful at restoring people's health sure so, um, I am a wellness way doctor. What that means is we are a group of clinics, um, nationwide and in Ireland that think and solve health challenges that others can't. And what that means is basically we truly provide individualized testing, individualized care plans, game plans for health issues and guide our patients to health restoration. So no matter what the issue is, let's say it's, um, you know, a gut issue, a thyroid issue, infertility, you know, autoimmune, that could be lupus, that could be Hashimoto's, multiple sclerosis, like truly at the end of the day, whatever the health issue is, it comes down to individualized testing and the root cause, because oftentimes I get asked, where did this come from? And unfortunately, until patients walk through our door, they've never had specific enough testing to figure out that question. So oftentimes, even if they've gone down the road of quote unquote natural healthcare or alternative healthcare, they still have had band-aids put on their issues. So what does that look like, though, for somebody that, you know, maybe they've never gone down the natural or holistic route? What does yeah. that What does that look like? Like what makes us so different or what sets our clinic so apart light years from other people? Yeah. The first thing is time. We spend tons of time with our patients. The first visit is one-on-one -on -one for an hour with myself. And I need that full hour to take that detailed history, top to bottom, um, you know, and really pick apart their entire health story so that I can then turn around and order really specific testing based on what I think needs to be evaluated. Um, and that is that first piece of building that roadmap for that patient, because I really need to understand what triggered what, because they don't understand that, but I can see that huge piece of putting all these puzzle pieces together. 
And that's what I'm already starting to do on that first day. And so what makes that different than, you know, Western medicine? So Western medicine is interested in putting a bandaid on everything. And when, you know, another thing flies open, they'll just put another bandaid on. And when another, you know, issue happens, um, another bandaid goes on. And so literally Western medicine is wonderful in an emergency situation. We like to call it the the firefighters. Like they are so great. We're thankful we live longer for it when our houses, which are our bodies, are in a fire, a dangerous situation. You have a car accident. You, you know, need a knee surgery. These are great, great things. However, when it comes to these deeper chronic health conditions, um, they just don't have the tools in the toolbox to handle that house. So once your house is no longer on fire, it's damaged. You know, it needs attention. It needs rebuilt from the inside out after a fire. You would never call a firefighter, which is our Western docs, back out because they have an axe and a hose. Like, let's be real, folks. They don't have those types of tools. You would look silly calling the fire department back out to fix your house. Um, so really we're like a carpenter doc. So we go in, we analyze the house, we figure out what materials need to be brought in and really, truly what sets away a part, like a wellness way doc, like myself is I'm going to take one step further and figure out what triggered the fire in the first place. Cause it's not good enough to just rebuild your house could still get caught on fire again. And that really comes down to that very specific individualized testing, getting to know that patient, getting to know their individual stressors, triggers, um, all these pieces that have impacted their health. So before we continue, what I'll say is nothing we talk about on this podcast should be construed as medical advice. (laughs) You should seek your medical doctor if you have questions. If you don't have a doctor, give us a call, (laughs) wellnesswaycentennial.com. Okay, so the other question too, like I think it's important to just address the the haters like right away. So what kind of doctor are you? I am a doctor of chiropractic, so I'm a DC. And so what makes you qualified to talk about all of these myriad of diseases and, and, you know, cause that's the most common thing we hear. Oh, you guys Absolutely. are just chiropractors. So yeah. it's out there. You guys can't say shit about it anymore. So yeah. what makes you qualified? Well, yes. Let's first start with just for a brief second, our education. So we have the same sciences as medical docs, but we have Um, a huge amount of nutritional hours, of physiology, of looking at the body holistically that they do not get. Um, Beyond that, we are considered as well primary care physicians. So I have to take a series of boards to be able to take patients without a referral. So um, nothing against uh, physical therapists, but they are not able to take patients without a referral 
because they have not developed their program the same way that we have. So that basically we're that first line, same as a primary care, same as a pediatrician, like anybody that is considered like a family doctor. That's how we are with our boards. So we definitely have the education. We also don't um, have prescriptive rights. So again, those hours that would have been spent for the physicians, the medical docs in, you know, the pharmacy area looking at how to write prescriptions, we don't have any of that. We get it filled with things like nutrition, with things like physiology, with things like, um, you know, looking at the body holistically with all these systems. So that's the first piece. The second piece is that why we test how we do the, the way that we test how we do makes a huge difference. I have um, the ability to go in and test a system in detail because I'm not tied to insurance. Insurance is also a player in all this. So while you might have a medical doc that means well, they are handcuffed by the insurance system. Um, so if they cannot get something, quote unquote, medically approved, it's not medically necessary, they're not going to run it. And so again, even if they are meaning well, they are stuck in a system that I am not. Um, I don't play the game because I like to call it sick care. It's not well care. And if you really want to get well, you have to step outside that system because it's not set up for you to be well in. So the perfect example would be if you go see your medical doctor and you think you have thyroid problems, mm -hmm. they run a test and they may not run a full panel because the insurance isn't going to approve certain markers on that test, as opposed to them coming to our office. We don't play that game. We don't play that bullshit. Nope. And we get to run all the markers to get a better picture of the thyroid Yes. and how to work towards restoring it. Absolutely. And some of them as well, because they know it won't get approved, may not even think twice that they're not fully testing the area. Um, you know, again, they, they probably got a lot of this back in their education, but when it comes to actual practice, it, you know, practice and education are very different from one another. Well, I'll say it and I'm not a doctor. So, uh, but being on the, the administrative side, and, and seeing you go through this, because how long have you been a doctor? 11 years. Okay. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a pill mill. It's a, and, and that's why we say, and, and guys, we're not, we're not shitting on doctors. Um, you know, to achieve that level of education is a, is a feat in its own, but there's a difference between trained and educated. Yeah. Right. And where where you're trained by, oh, this symptom gets this drug, mm -hmm. that's training. That's not education. Because when you do that, it's just like when your kid gets a fever. Oh, give them Tylenol or whatever. That's a that's a trained mindset. That's mm -hmm. not that's not somebody that is asking. Well, why do they have a fever? Or why is the thyroid causing these problems? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a big difference from an outsider's perspective is, you know, wellness way docs are educated. Mm -hmm. They're not going, oh, you know, for those that are listening and not <laughs> watching, I have my uh, supplement glass here that, you know, looks like 
dirty water basically, but I, I have my, it's like money water. <laughs> I have my evening supplements that I'm just sipping on before we go to bed while we do this, but that's the point. And, and that's what we do differently too. Like, because even in naturopathic medicine, um, it's still the same thing. It's, oh, you have high blood pressure. Here's the supplement to take. It's the natural fire department. Yeah. 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 And it's so the same, it's the same type of training. It's the same type of thinking. Yep. Um, those guys follow protocols. We don't have protocols because it's completely customized. Yes. And so the reason I, I wanted to bring this up is because I want people to understand, you know, as we talk about my story, you know, which I'm always a little hesitant to do. It's important to understand how we think and yeah. and why we do health differently, if yes. that makes sense. Well, and in case you can't figure it out, it's not a quick fix. No. That's not the business that we're in. Um, unfortunately, the way the medical, the sick care is set up is instant gratification. And You know, you roll in with one thing, you roll out with a script for something. And that's, that's really a lot of my story too. And that's why we're so sick as a country. People need to understand. Unfortunately, we've been programmed to think this way and this is why we're so sick. Yeah. So, you know, it, it unfortunately has happened over the last few generations and, and we're sicker than ever because of this system. Well, and it's the, it's the, uh, I mean, it's like the, the social media, like mindset or whatever you want. Instant gratification is what you mm -hmm. said. And we have it in our office. It's like your body's not Amazon prime. Yes. Now we're not talking about the prime that exists today. We're talking about the prime back, you know, a few years ago where you could order stuff, something off Amazon. If you had prime, it's on your doorstep in two days. And it's that mindset that the majority of our patients reside in that they don't understand you know, how long it took them to get sick mm -hmm. and they definitely don't understand like we do how long it's going to take them to get better. Yeah. And that's a lot of my story because, you know, as I sit here today, like I'm, I'm not feeling good. You know, you We've know, had the, a rough the, the, the past week has been really bad. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, but that is also, I want to take that though, the beauty of what we do is I always say we rebuild your house and then I hand you the keys back. Yeah. It is a lot of work, but you get to a place where you are back in control of your health. And so what do you Most people don't know what that is. What do you say? Like, cause someone may be listening like, oh, you're in health and wellness and your, your husband's had a bad week. Yeah. Like, what do you say to that? Like. I say to that, that, you know, if you were to go, we're in Colorado to climb, you know, Pikes Peak, there's peaks and valleys along the way. Like you are going to go through ups and downs trying to get to the summit. And that is normal. And it's not all, again, um, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Like healing is hard work and not every day is going to be good. but. When we look back and you're better than you were last month and you're, you're better than you were six months ago and you're better than you were a year ago, you're making progress, you know, but it's not an overnight thing. That's hard for some people to accept. I think it's hard for most people to accept. 
Yeah. E- even me. Yeah. Um, okay. So is that, is that it then? Mm-hmm. All right. Podcast is over. Okay, great. No. Um, so we're <laughs> going to flip the script. Uh, typically I would say I kind of MC this thing and ask questions and it's going to be Jacqueline because, you know, the past three episodes we've kind of touched on health in certain areas and we said we would do an episode on health and I guess we decided to kind of go through my, my journey of, of it all. And that's the thing too. Like, I don't want to just sit here and talk about my health because, you know, I don't find it all that interesting. And so I think the, the thing that I want to do is, you know, kind of just talk about my story and part of that is, is my health, but it's also, you know, the things that I've done the past, you know, seven to 10 years to get where we are today, sitting here talking about this. Mm -hmm. And so the health aspect is a lot of that, but but it's not all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So why don't you start by walking us through where your health issues began? Like, what were you doing? When did they start? Well, I mean, I think the first thing I have to, or I guess that would come to mind is um, when I was like two or three, I had a a major incident where I had um, spilled a pot of coffee all over my body. Um, At that that time, we were living with my grandmother and, you know, she made her pot of coffee and I must have been climbing the counter or something and fell and reached for something. And I got that whole pot of coffee all over me. And so, um, the only thing that I remember is the paramedic standing in the doorway with my stomach, like oozing pus. And I was in the bathtub. My mom was like throwing water on it. That's the only thing I remember. I, um, I think I spent two weeks in the burn unit, my mom said. And at that time it was second and third degree burns, you know, but even to this day, like I don't have any scarring that that's visible, I would Mm -hmm. say. So, you know, fast forward when I was, um, 15, I went to an open house at our community college with my best friend. And that's where I found out about firefighting. And like, that's kind of where it started in my, my, my career, my journey as a, as a firefighter. So when I became 16, I could start taking college courses while in high school. So I started doing that. Um, and then, you know, 18, I went through fire Academy and started that process. Yep. What was kind of next? Cause I think you kind of had it all along. But I think it just got worse. Yeah. So definitely like looking back, like I definitely growing up as a kid, I had, you know, health issues and, um, you know, I remember taking medication as a kid and, uh, you know, let's see, I started in the fire department in 2004. And so by 2007, is when I had my first sinus surgery. So I would say I probably dealt with it for a year or maybe a little longer before I saw a medical, you know, intervention. Uh, but I was having 
just like debilitating sinus pressure and and headaches and and taking I like, I would call them sinus migraines. Well, yeah. I mean, they would take you down the way a migraine would take a typical patient down. Yeah. And so um but just taking like copious amounts of drugs to make it go away. Cause it's like literally like the worst pain, you know, I had ever felt in my life to that point. Um, so yeah, in, in 2007, I had my first surgery and, uh, they did like three in one, the rotor rooter, all that stuff. And then we literally, I think I took a, a week off work and my first day back, we had a fire. I remember that. And, uh, so I'm driving to work and so they called me in. And this is where my investigation career kind of started. And then like for the next 14 hours, I was in that house investigating no mask, no respirator, just breathing that shit. Real healthy. Right after. Like. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So that was the first one. At this point, I am still an undergrad. Yep. So I would say. Even at that point, we're probably healthier habits than most of our friends, but we weren't like awesome at that point yet. Yeah, I would say like right around 2008 when you graduated, we like we kind of started on that. Well, no, I would actually say, yeah, maybe 2008. Because I already knew things. Like we were shopping at like wild, wild oats. We're shopping like we're looking for more organic, which was really hard to find back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still indulging in some crap, but. Yeah, but I was already working for my chiropractor at the time. So we had already kind of learned about that health and wellness side of things. And I was very set on going to chiropractic school. So I was already learning that um, even before I started. So I would say, yes, like we were making good health food choices for our age and based on what we could afford. Um, Which wasn't much. Yeah. But better than most. When I remember at that time, my dad had told me about Mercola. Mm-hmm. And like that was in the height of Mercola days. Like where yes. he was like this, oh, this kook doctor, you know. <laughs> well, and I remember I had already gone dairy-free and my roommates, one of my roommates <laughs> thought I was going to get osteoporosis. Because <laughs> I went dairy-free <laughs> and I was already buying coconut milk. My gosh. Uh huh. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, at that point, that was your first. What happened after that surgery? Um, so, I think I, I, you know, immediately had relief, but it didn't last long. Um, I would still have, you know, these, these sinus headaches or migraines come up, you know, pretty frequently. Um, you know, it would, it would be a duration of time that was longer, but it would slowly get shorter and shorter. And so, um, you know, basically three years later in 2010, I had another surgery, different guy. Um, cause they did the first guy did some stuff in my sinuses that even three years later, they was would, overzealous. Yeah. Even three years later, they wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, had the second thing, all that stuff. And then that's when I lost my smell. Mm-hmm. 
So after that surgery, how did you bounce back? Well, it was, I mean, there really was no bounce back. Like, like my smell just never came back and it would be, you know, so intermittent that, you know, there was no rhyme or reason that we could put together. Yeah. And then I think, I think that was the year that we did that all cat test for like food allergies and all that stuff. I want to say it was 2010. Possibly. Yeah. So, you know, we're still searching for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a little later. I don't Might remember. have been a little I later. I don't remember. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember just after the second one, like it wasn't nearly what we saw from the first. No. And the thing about it is typically that type of surgery, once you start, like you have to get it, they say every three to five years. Yeah. I remember chatting with his ENT and he's like, oh, he'll be in here every three years. Right. And I was like, what? Yeah. Um, and it, and it's not, it's not, um, it's super invasive. Yeah. Like in order, like in order for you to even have the surgery, you know, in your sinuses, you have to go get a CT scan every time. A full face CT scan. Yeah. So yeah. that, that way they can, you know, use, I think they use like a system that helps like navigate with that CT. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, it's super, super intensive. Yeah. But, but yeah, so like not much relief after that second one. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like I'm really deep into chiropractic school. Yeah, you're really close to graduating. Really close to graduating. I mean, I am like, okay, like I know a lot more now. Like hopefully we can get out in front of it this time. Well, and still, you know, from the, the life you know, perspective, um, you know, we're still not eating anywhere close to where we are now, mm-hmm. but you know, it's still getting be- better. You know, we're still enjoying that, you know, Papa Murphy's pizza on Fridays, but Friday is special. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the, the thing about it is, um, at that time I had moved, I think fire departments two times and the fire department I was at in 2010 no, in 2011, they actually required you to investigate fires with full respirator. And so at this point, that's the only fire department that, mm-hmm. you know, has required that. And, and that's where, like, that's where a lot of, you know, this stuff falls short in the fire services. Like that was unheard of. And you catch so much shit, you know, doing something like that. Um, and you know, that's where I really, I think I started realizing like, this is, this is playing a big impact. Like I'm going to these fire scenes. Um, the, you know, the gear too. When did that change? Do you remember? Oh, the two sets of gear. Um, I mean, cause you used to have your gear in the, in cab. the cab. Yeah. After a fire with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of studies that started coming out around then, um, like not to put it in the cab because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't understand, like when you have a fire, I mean, literally everything in your house is made of polyurethane foam, you know, your cushions, it's all polyurethane. 
And, you know, basically when that stuff burns, it, it produces hydrogen cyanide. And so, um, you know, we'll measure, you know, uh, carbon monoxide levels. Um, we might measure a few, few other things on our meters that a lot of the guys wear. Um, but even then, like the firefighters are still inside the building, they're pulling, you know, ceiling, no respirators on. And then, you know, as an investigator, you go in there and, you know, you're in that shit for hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was then it was at that, that fire department that, you know, 2011, 2012, you know, I'm catching shit for wearing a respirator and we didn't do it all the time. We, we did have some, um, leeway. Yeah. So there were times where I'd wear, you know, like a, a, a N95 mask or something like that, or just a painter's mask. Which is what it's for. Well, yeah. So, um, so we did have some leeway, you know, there's, and, but that's when I started noticing, like, if I didn't wear a mask. You're getting really sensitive. Then the next day was, you know, literally calling in sick. I remember we're starting to put that together. Taking medication in bed all day. Couldn't do shit. And so, um, that was the thing. Like I'd be in some, some situations where I'd be wearing an SCBA self-contained breathing apparatus for the layman and the guys aren't. Mm -hmm. And, and then through the investigation, we find out, Oh, the house was hot for asbestos. And then now those guys are like getting sent to medical to make sure they're all good. And, and so, you know, that's kind of really where it shifted for me is whereas like, this is, this is not worth, you know, this, this pain and stuff of my sinuses and my health and, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all of the above, like I'll just wear the damn, damn respirator, Mm -hmm. you know, and not have to deal with this after. But what I didn't put together was the gear. Yeah, because the firefighters in the house used to keep it next to their bed, right? So I mean, uh, no, they'd be, be next longer, to the truck longer ago. But that got moved. But that's the thing: like when you hop in a fire engine, you're putting your gear inside the cab of yeah. the fire engine, and so yeah, I would say it started the it started trending to the change around then where you get two sets of gear. So the the idea is you run a fire, you can put that in the washer. And you have a second set to still do your job mm-hmm. and you can alternate. Yeah. But that, you know, I would say is probably really fairly common now. But it's pretty recent still, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like within the last, what, five, eight years? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little less or so, longer. Yeah. So I'm sure people are pretty bored by now. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so after that, we get married and I'm done with school and we moved down to Castle Rock shortly after. Um, and then what happens next? So my last surgery was in 2014. Um, same, same dude. Um, we're able to go a little longer, which was good. Right. Four years. But what we were doing still wasn't working. Yep. Still getting, you know, debilitating pain, all that stuff. Um, But yeah, like that's when we, we knew 
like it was diet related oh at that point i even had the conversation with your surgeon and i was like okay i was like so what else can we do i was like you know because he's like well you went a little longer so that was good yeah well i remember too um and for anybody that has sinus issues or whatever so my ENT was, you know, medical guy through and through. And when I, I'd go in his office and sometimes he would, he would throw some shade at, you know, what we were trying to do. And, but I remember after that last surgery, like maybe it was like a year checkup. He's like, Whoa, what are you doing? Like what? Like I didn't expect this to look like this. Yeah. I said, well, he said your inflammation was a lot oops. better. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, and we were diffusing, you know, essential oils every night. And we changed our diet. diet a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's what he said. He's like, well, that's one of the best things you can do for your sinuses is, you know, have a humidifier with essential oils. And even he admitted that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so 2014 today, that was still my last surgery. Yep. So, how was your smell and taste after that one? Um, not present at all. Yeah. For the next almost three years. Yeah. Very, very frustrating. Um, you know, especially then too, like, I'm trying to think. This seems like forever ago. So, yeah, so it's, you know, pretty much in... 2016 I was off the rails like I was the heaviest I'd ever been um and and I think a lot of that had to play into like I was just depressed and not not never diagnosed with it which doesn't really matter to me but it was it's it's fucking depressing like when you cannot smell anything and the taste is kind of just a byproduct of that right because they say you you know, taste food before you smell it or something. Right. So, you know, that, you know, I mean, you're just like eating mush, can't smell nothing, you know, can't taste nothing. Like nothing was really enjoyable, you know, because that's a lot of what you do. Like you go, you go on vacation, you go visit nice restaurants, you go out to dinner, you meet up friends, like all that stuff just starts taking its toll on top of, you know, at this time I'd moved departments again in, in 15, um, the stress of the job and, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not on the engine, you know, definitely at this point I'm not, you know, but you're on call, but I'm on call. I'm still going to fires after the fires out, mm -hmm. still getting put in, you know, hazardous situations. Um, so the stress of it was, was bad, very, yeah. very bad. Well, and then back the train up one second because we also had a huge wake up call yeah. before yeah, that so, as well. So in yeah, in, in October twenty fifteen, my buddy Craig passed away. Occupational firefighter cancer. He's thirty six. Uh two kids under the age of six. And that's like that's let's see, that I mean that's kinda like the wake up call that did change everything, I would say. For that's sure. It was huge. hundred percent saved my life. Like that's when I, that's when I got real serious about like, this isn't worth it. 
um, that's when I started getting the question of, Hey, like I need to make a life change. Like the, the fire department, you know, I'm not, I'm not really having fun anymore. It's not growing me anymore. It's not fulfilling me anymore. It's just this like, you know, thing that, that I started that I felt like I had to finish, you know, and I'd really, at that point, I'd really worked my way up to be highly credentialed. And I think I left with like 30 credentials, you know, because. Well, your goal is to be in leadership, like yeah. in the senior levels as you had the years to do it. Yeah. So I was, I was, you know, trying to become a fire marshal. I had tested a few other places. I'd been passed on multiple times. Um, I think one, one piece of was one, I wasn't ready, which I know that now, but two, it was my age because I'd started so young mm -hmm. that by the time those things came around, you know, I'm sitting with guys that all have gray hair, yeah. you know, that have, you know, not necessarily, you know, they, we might be equal or they might be, they might have a little more time, but that's really all they had on me was, you know, time. Mm -hmm. And, but I had everything else, you know, I had, the degrees, the credentials, the accreditations, the, you know, the experience too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I wasn't ready for leadership, you know, and, you know, thank God because the stress that I already had was, was huge. And so, you know, knowing what I know now running our own business with, you know, working with people and managing people in a different way now, like if I had to do that, then like, you know, yeah. so, but yeah, so, you know, unfortunately Craig passed away and that, that was a big impact still is, you know, um, that's why we still run his, his charity tournament every year, um, for his widow and his kids. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the day I had to say goodbye to him on the phone at the station. One of the hardest things I had to do. And then yeah. like literally a month later, our, our oldest son was born. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, but that's when, you know, when he got sick, um, and, and he got sick in 2013. Um, so, you know, a lot of that, like, that's kind of like the trajectory trajectory of, of my own story and my own journey. And that's kind of what I wanted to try and capture in this podcast is it's not just about health, but it's like, you know, I started doing different things, right? Like I started eating a different way. I started working out even, you know, believe it or not at the fire department, I was working out and catching shit for it within yeah. my division, you know, like, because I'm in this division with older guys yeah. that are massively overweight. They're massively sick. And it's not the firehouse mentality yeah, in the and, division that you were and in. And so, you know, like they were trying to find ways to stop me from working out because they felt like I wasn't working yet. I'm allowed to work out an hour a day and I'm the only one doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, started experimenting with fasting, started experimenting with keto, like before keto was cool. Yeah. We were on that first yeah. keto train. <laughs> um, you know, the weight started falling off. Um, yeah. it was a really good change for yeah. us. And so like, you know, basically since then we've been on that path and, and, and I, th I think the big part of it too, is like that wake up call like was a chain reaction of so much more mm -hmm. right to like where we're at today. 
Yes. And so, um, yeah, so Odin's born late 2015. And then before he turns two years old, I leave. Yeah. Retire, quit, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't know. Midlife crisis? No. So, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, like 2017, I, you know, I, I have this huge, like, you know, another weight awakening of, or, you know, calling, if you will, of like, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's part of the story too, that I'll share because I've shared it a few times. Um, you know, at the time our church was doing a series called let's go. And I still remember it. It was, it was, God has called you. Uh, he'll go with you and he'll equip you. And so, um, as I was on one of my site visits at work, I had heard a, a radio advertisement for home inspections. And they're saying like, you know, all, you know, how easy it was and all this stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Like this could be my ticket out mm-hmm. because that's what I do every day. Yep. So not only am I an investigator responding in that capacity, but in the meantime, while I'm not doing that, I'm in prevention. I'm seeing you know, massive buildings getting constructed. I'm responsible from plan review stage to finish making sure from the fire safety standpoint that everything's in place, that they build it right, you know, for life protection. And so, you know, literally the majority of my day is I sit and do plan review for hours and then I go to site inspections. And as doing inspections, I'm shooting pictures of, you know, violations and typing a report and sending it off and make sure they get corrected. And so, um, short story, I go to this home inspection thing, see what it's all about. And then you and I have this conversation. I'm like, yeah, like this is this what is I what, do this every is day. What I'm going to do. And now I can do it on my own terms and I don't have to worry about, you know, breathing in fires and being on call and dealing with shitty coworkers. And, you know, I can also be here for my son. And so, and at that time, like, you know, money, money wise, like that, the, the fire department was paying, you know, our livelihood. So, mm-hmm. and so and that it was a big risk yeah. for us to make that change. And, and so that's what I'm saying. It's like the, it's part of that journey, you know? So that's why I didn't want this all to be about health. Like mm-hmm. it's a big, it's a big piece of it, but it's the, like when you realize how much your health and fitness play into every other facet in your life. Like talk about enlightenment. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that's the thing. Once I realize that, you know, health and, and fitness, and I separate those two very specifically because they're not the same thing. Mm-mm. You can be unhealthy and fit, or you can be fit and unhealthy, however you want to look at it. Um, just cause you're fit doesn't mean you're healthy. Correct. And, but once you realize that, that doing those two things has to become something of who you are, as opposed to something you have to do, that's where the shift is. Like when you realize like, Oh, I got to work out. No, no, it's, it's, it's not that you got to, it's you have to, because that's who you are. Yeah. 
And, and it's the same thing with health. Like it's, it, there is no finish line. Mm-hmm. There's no finish line. Yeah. And when you have those two things on point, then everything else just seems to follow suit. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. And I think too, most people don't even appreciate their health um, until they have issues. Like they're not trying to be preventative. They're not trying to work on it most of the time until they're starting to have problems. Well, it has to be something that you lean into mm-hmm. with everything you got. Yeah. And there's no time frame. It nope. has to be like it never ends. It's never going to end. And I think we see that a lot in our office where, yeah, like the majority of our patients are with us for about a year, maybe a little longer, maybe a year and a half, but it doesn't stop. Well, then they come in still, but less. Yeah. You know, because I get to give them what I would call true well checks each year. But then, but you then, know, but then the opposite is, you know, the, the patients that see it as a finish line or yeah, they don't lean into it. They go away for two years and then they come back. We just had one last week I where <laughs> you got know, a phone call. They, they left feeling fantastic. But then they go back to their old habits or they go back to, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, I, you know, this, I had this food allergy and I avoided it for a year and a half, but now I'm not going to avoid it anymore. And then, oh shit, two years later, like I'm a wreck, yeah. you know? So that's what I'm saying. Like, me. You have to, you have to accept that, you know, health and fitness, it's who you are because if you don't, you're only changing yeah. for, for a time frame, Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that, that's really my journey as well. It's like, you know, once I realized that it's like, okay, this isn't going to be, you know, there's no, there's not going to be any deadline. Mm-mm. And, and that brings me to like today where, you know, this past week I've just been upside down despite, you know, me doing everything that I'm supposed to. And I'm, I'm having massive, you know, gut issues or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I think you have to accept that as, as reality. Yeah. But as much as you're struggling this week, are you anywhere where you were after that last sinus surgery? So, yeah. So, you know, so I always, I have to do this with my patients too. I'm like, even though it's a rough week, are you anywhere close to where? You were after that last sinus surgery. Right. So, yeah, so we can go back to, so 2017, I leave the fire service. Everybody thinks I'm fucking nuts. They think we're fucking nuts. Yes. Like we're going to forgo our insurance and we're going to, yeah. you know, go do this. And, and I mean, it's funny, like the, the fire chief who wouldn't fucking talk to me while I worked there and I'd be like, Hey, like, you know, this bullshit's going on or this is, you know, messed up or, Hey, you passed on me for that promotion. I'd like to sit down and chat with you on why, so I can improve. Wouldn't say a fucking word to me. You know, the day I leave, he basically offers me fucking any position I want. You know, I'm like, no, I'm I'm done, dude. Like, you know, that we're way past that. And it wouldn't have mattered because I like, I couldn't be there. And so, 
Um, I go and I start this home inspection business. Um, I kind of take over as the primary provider for our oldest son. You start to build. And then it wasn't fucking three months later. <laughs> I shut our, I shut the home inspection business down as it's ramping up. Yes. Keeping us busy. Yes. And you're like, Hey, I want to do this thing. Hey, we're going to be a wellness way. So, um, but it's fine because it's something we talked about, you know, while, I, you're, while you're in school. Uh, well, and, and this, so I got introduced to Dr. Patrick Flynn that year. Um, and I knew that night as I listened, even though it was more a talk for the public that I had found what I was looking for. Yeah. I, at that point knew, which is why, you know, we educate our patients on this. Like, yes, you know, diet is important. Exercise is important. Sleep is important. But if you did all those three things perfectly, you would be healthy. Wrong. 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 I should hit the button. So. <laughs> Wrong. So again, you've been lied to. They're important habits, but they don't create your health. So at that point, with all that we knew, and we had already made some pretty drastic shifts, it wasn't enough. And I knew as soon as I met him and then had some further phone calls and chatted with some of his doctors that he had already trained. I'm like, this is what I'm looking for. Like, this is exactly what I need to figure out deeper health issues. Well, and when we go back to my smell at that point, mm -hmm. it, you know, doing, doing the keto diet um, or eating that way, you know, you're, you're removing a lot of the crap, I would say. Oh yeah. And so it's starting to come back. Like yes. it's starting to get You're better slowly. It's still intermittent. You know, I'd be filling up the, the truck with gas and I'm like, Oh shit, I can smell gas. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. You know? Um, so the, the, the keto really started to help and, um, you know, but it wasn't the, the like final piece. No. And you were the driver. Like I was like, I am not going to let my husband go back to surgery, have the same ENT cut on him again. I was like, I am going to freaking figure this out. And as soon as I met Patrick, I was like, yes, okay, this is what I've been looking for. I was like, I realize you just left and started your business, but we've always talked about this. I said, I really feel like this is exactly what you need as well as a lot of other people need. Um, well, we'd been doing a version of it in your, your two locations of food testing. Yeah. Just not to the level that we're about to, to do. Yeah. So then in August, we became a wellness way yep. that year. Yep. And I started testing you much deeper than yep. I ever had before. I should have, I should have brought my binder over here. Show That'd be fun. But I literally have a binder that's like this thick of all my testing, you know, cause we had to get tests, you know, in the fire department, but I kept all those mm -hmm. and, and now seven years, like I have the progression, which, which is like cool to see. Like, it's not like a badge of, of honor. Like I wish I didn't have to take all those tests. Yeah. But I have. And, and, and that's what it's and And you got to understand too, like, I'm not special, but 
I was around a lot of toxic shit for a lot of years. And if you have a bad foundation that you build a house on, you're always going to have problems. And so, you know, as a kid, you know, probably having, you know, everything that, you know, the medical doctor recommended shot wise or whatever, not saying my parents made a bad decision. They didn't have the info or the correct info, but having that foundation and then just filling my cup up with more toxic shit. Mm-hmm. Be, and, and it's not just going to fires. No, it's you're, you're the... around gas, you're around fuel, you're around oil. It's the exhaust. It's this, it's that you're going into people's homes. Maybe they have mold. You're up at 2 a.m. Yeah. Messing with your sleep. Yep. And so um, it's all of that combined to where like, yeah, like I've been doing this over seven plus years to get to where I'm at today. Is that the common patient we see? No, but the common patient hasn't had that toxic load like I have. And we have some. Yeah. Right. But. But that's not the, I'm not the standard in that regard. No. So after we became a wellness way and we tested you, what happened then? Yep. So um, correct me if I'm wrong since you're my doctor, but we did like food and stool. My foods didn't come back so great, Mm -hmm. but that's because my immune system was trashed. And so we just started rebuilding from there and then your gut test. Yeah. To this day, I have not seen one with that IGA worse oh, than I, yours. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I start, you know, I think I had like eight or nine food allergies. Why don't you explain that? Because people are going to poo poo that all day. So you have two types of big um basically though there's four i'll back up there's four types of allergic reactions um there's ige's which most people think of um e is for emergency that means a hyper allergic reaction that is something that is dangerous you know that is the hives the throat swelling um that's something you need an epipen for that's one side of your immune system though so that's only about 20% of your immune cells. And it, again, it's not ultra common to have that type of reaction. So the other 80% of your immune system reactions are done with what's called your IgG cells. And so this type of reaction is the low, slow burn. Um, this is up to a four-day delay. It's not going to typically cause your throat to swell, cause these quote unquote serious life-threatening things, but it causes problems. It causes inflammation. You might get um, a little bit of a rash. You could get like blotchy red spots. You could have, you know, a bad night of sleep. You could get bloated. You could have stomach pain. You could have, you know, your eyes all bloodshot. I mean, Food allergy reactions are all types. Um, I've had patients. Yeah, the post nasal kind of drip throat stuff. I've had women who who had hot flashes that they thought were hormonal, and they were from food allergies. Wow. 
Um, so again, it's, it's really kind of spans across the board. A lot of people think, oh, it's food. It's going to only be in the gut. No, it can be anywhere in the body. It's basically creating inflammation over a four day period, which is why food journaling is never going to work. That four days is legit too. Absolutely. Um, it's also why an elimination diet, any of these other things, you will drive yourself mad. Like it's truly just not possible. Just, just test. Like you're going to drive well, yourself the thing crazy is, trying to cut stuff out and figure out what you're reacting to. And that's what we say is you, you know, you can try a diet, but yeah. you, you really don't know. You have no fucking clue what you, your body's telling you you should eat. Like Correct. you, you could say, I'm going to have a kale salad every meal because I need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Kale is a food allergy that causes inflammation in your body that causes all this other shit. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, doing this blood test is so important. So how is that different than, you know, because the typical thing we hear is, well, I've seen my allergist and they did a skin test. Yes. What is the difference? So a skin test is only going to test the IgE type. So there is not, it's not possible to test the IgG, which what I'm talking about that way. The other thing that they will run is IgE in the blood as well. And typically if they have a really bad patient with needing EpiPens, they're going to want to correlate both in the blood and a skin prick. Um, They're never going to test IgG because they're only getting 50% of really what's going on. Oh, less than that. Like I said, it's 20% of your system. Oh, So obviously it's an important reaction to know, but a lot of people don't have that. It's just not as common. Um, And so that's where you're never having your G's tested and they'll poo-poo it because they don't want to give dietary and nutrition advice. They want to give an EpiPen. They want to keep you coming back for allergy shots like they, that's just not their wheelhouse. Yeah. So they poo poo it because they don't do it. So, so. Okay. So that's where food allergies is. Yeah. Completely dominant of everything else. Yeah. So food allergies for just daily inflammation is a very big deal for, oh, and here's for a lot thing. of people. Why is it an allergy, not a sensitivity? Yes. So it is an allergy because you are creating an antibody. So you've got. You know, for those of you that can see, you have where you eat, which is your gut. And then you've got one layer of cells between your gut and your bloodstream. And that layer of cells is supposed to stay nice and tight like a brick wall. But if over time it gets damaged and inflamed, it will open and it will let things through into your bloodstream that aren't supposed to be there. So, for example, um, a huge piece all we'll use kale all of a sudden kale goes flying through into your bloodstream hashtag kale (laughs) your immune system reacts because it sees something it's not supposed to see not supposed to see a giant you know huge glob of kale it's supposed to see these tiny little broken down things so when it sees that it does react and it produces an antibody So it is an allergy. It is not just a sensitivity at that point because now you're creating global inflammation that can affect any number of systems. So the key is twofold, taking out the food and then backing it up a step further and helping that lining, that barrier to reheal itself as well. 
So the if you're not getting what we're putting out, like the food allergy test is the ultimate diet. Absolutely. Because you actually learn what your body says no to, what it says it's okay to. Mm -hmm. And we've had patients that, you know, that's all they take and they lose 30 pounds. Yes. Like, because they're losing all of that inflammation. Mm -hmm. Like, and they didn't take any supplements. They just follow their food allergies and they have a massive change. They had great results. Yeah. And, and, and so that's why we, we really don't believe in diets. Like, no. We just eat to our food allergies and we even have our kids tested. Absolutely. So They've been tested since they're little. Multiple times. So for Paul, why his food allergies were really not good is because when you have, it's also an immune system test. So like you heard me say, you have these immune reactions basically. And when you don't have enough and you know you've got some gut issues going on, that's suppressed that's a check engine light going on you yeah. know that means something's up um so then we went and tested his gut and the iga that i was mentioning earlier that's your immune system in your gut so iga cells only stay in the lining and hang out there and react and he had very few fighters so, left so very to, few to realize the magnitude of that is I was heading down a very dark path with my health. A very, very bad path, yes. And I'm not going to try and play the almighty, but it could have been as bad as Craig. Absolutely. Like We've talked about this. So that's where, that's where I say, you know, his, his situation, his story, you know, saved my fucking life. Yeah. And, and I still stand by that. Like it, it caught, it was the wake up call. It made me, pause and go okay this shit isn't working it hasn't been working like i need a change mm -hmm. and it took me you know a, a year and a half or so after he passed to actually walk away yeah and i and, and like i said i knew i had to do it i had to do it for myself i had yeah. to do it for you and odin at the time like and i remember that last day like there was so much stress that I felt in my neck, my shoulders. And even on our hardest day, you know, now running a business, like I still don't think I've ever felt that much stress. Yeah. You know, and you, it's kind of annoying. You see all these people on social media. They're like, Oh, you know, if you want to be, you know, stressed, stay at a job that you don't like and not be a business owner. It's like, Bro, <laughs> running your own business is a different game. Yeah. It's a different type of fucking game on a different level. I think it's a different type of stress too yeah. than what you were experiencing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, but yeah, so, you know, we started getting to work, taking these, you know, herbal supplements. Delicious supplements. Um, you know, and. I think we retested like six months later, my food allergies. So I went from like eight or nine to like 30, 30 something. I think it was like 31. Yeah. So explain that because I think that's a common thing we hear is like, Oh my God, I avoided it. And now my food allergies are worse. <laughs> so this sometimes happens. And in Paul's case, we want, 
wanted to celebrate. So it is. She wanted to celebrate. I wanted to celebrate. So at the end of the day, it's an immune system test. So basically he was headed down a very bad place where his immune system was so suppressed. It couldn't even react to what it needed to react to. So once we started helping his gut to heal um, and your immune cells turn over about every like nine to 12 months. So we retested at six um, and saw a bunch of food allergies pop up, which is a good thing because we're finally turning his immune system back on before it was asleep, like night, night, almost ready to die. Yeah. Like it was so to see food allergies go up in his case was a win. And now we, you know, continue to heal and and help your immune system not be overreactive because kind of when you poke it awake again, it's kind of like poking a bear a little bit when you wake it up. So just letting your system kind of settle after that and your number went back down again. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here, MC? I want to know when you felt like your taste and smell came back do you know when yeah i mean i think it was it started being consistent um you know probably less than a year later like in 18 you know um and it just gradually got better and better and and you know like you know as of right now if i think about the last time i lost it it was probably because of covid Mm-hmm is really the last time I lost it, you know? Which and, was no doing of your own. Right, right. Yeah. So it was, it was China. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like really like, it, it, I mean, it's present, it, it's come back, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is like, you know, if, if you lose your hearing, you can get hearing aids. If your sight sucks, you can get, you know, glasses, but your, your fucking sense of smell and taste go like, there's not a lot you can do. Well, on the note of COVID, like imagine that I've had patients with, you know, extended issues. Yeah. Imagine that for three plus years. Imagine that for years. Like that, that was your daily reality. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, as it is today, it's, it's consistent and it's, it's not always great, you know, cause I know there's, there's still some byproduct of, of having three major surgeries. Yeah. So, um, but nothing like, like it was. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess that's the thing too, like going back to my original comment of, I don't, I don't want this just to be, you know, my, my health chart. Um, you know, but the impact of, you know, not having that, that stuff or having it is, is night and day, you know, because, you, you know, like, it's just, it's so, it, it's just so detrimental, you know, just, and that, and that's the thing too, like, there, there are people that have serious health issues to where they probably wish they lost their sense of smell compared to what they're dealing with. And so, 
Um, but that's the thing is like, you have these health issues um, and it impacts every aspect of your life. And that's where, you know, I look at today and it's like, like I said earlier, like you have to make those things who you are. Um, because if you don't, you're just looking for a time frame of change and you're going to go back to the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and when it impacts every piece of your life, like it impacts your business. Like if you don't run a business and you have these health problems then you're calling in sick and you're getting passed for promotions and you know, maybe you're not getting good reviews and you're not getting a raise. Like it's impacting your money, you know, and, and, in theory, like some of it, you can't control. Yeah. Diet, you can control. Exercise, you can control. Getting tested, properly tested, you can control. Yeah. You know, and all those things play into everything. You know, if you're a mom and you have, you know, thyroid problems that cause, cause major fatigue, that's fucking with your, your marriage. It's fucking with your raising your kids. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to, and I, I think that's why you, you have to put your health and your fitness above everything else because, you know, how you treat your body will show you how you treat everything else. Yeah. Like, you know, if I look at a guy and he's 50 pounds overweight, doesn't work out. Like, I think I can probably safely say that your marriage probably sucks. Yeah. You know, or if, you know, maybe your marriage sucks, but your business is good because that's where you decide to go hide instead of working out and working on your marriage. And so yeah, maybe you can like check one box, but right. you have you other areas suffering. Yeah. So it's, it, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to bully anybody that's in that situation. Cause I was that guy. I was overweight. Like I still remember that photo we took before we started keto. Yeah. And it fucking haunts me, you know, and we were that, both not in a good place. Yeah. And I think, um, it, it's just like, it's part of life and you have to, you know, like, like with me leaving, we, we've said on a podcast before is like the fear of leaving was so heavy, but that's how I knew I was on the right path. Like when you feel that fear, that's when you need to go, you know? Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's a part of life. And, and since then, you know, to, to kind of bring this, you know, donkey around here. Um, if I focus on those things, then, everything will fall into place even when I have a shitty week. Yeah. You know, so I was, I was kicking ass. My brother's getting married this weekend. So I've been, I've been really consistent, you know, with how I'm eating, how I'm working out, you know, even on the 4th of July, like I didn't, yeah. I didn't drink or anything. I stuck with my plan, did my cold plunge, did all that stuff. And that night, like for whatever reason, I just, my body was like, fuck yeah. you. And so, I mean, even, even as of yesterday, like I was, I was in bed half the day yesterday yeah. just cause my body was so pissed. So, um, it's not a sprint. Yes. It's, it's definitely a marathon and 
as soon as you lose focus on it, like you'll lose it and, and you'll get kicked back to the, the, the starting point and you have to do it all over again. Yeah. And, and even for me right now, like it's easy to preach this shit online, but you know, since March, I haven't focused on my fitness. I've focused on my health, but I didn't focus on my fitness. Like we were traveling. I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to be strict. I didn't want to have to carry my workout gear all the time. Like I didn't want to do that while we're doing all that and I'm paying for it now. Yeah. And so that's where it's like, yeah, you got to constantly reevaluate and constantly understand that you have to make it who you are. Well, it's like anything else. I think if you put it to the side, it's going to slide. Right. Like you, you have to pour into that every day, like get that deposit in your quote unquote account. However you want to think about it. Like you don't get to just like start ignoring it once it's good all of a sudden. Well, and it's, and it's like, it, it's just making that continual deposit mm-hmm. because even if you're doing it one time a week, eventually you're going to, you're going to be to the point where it's so elevated in other areas that you're not going to be able to ignore it. Yeah. You know? And so, um, you know, but that's why, you know, let's see, 2017 was six years ago. So Mm -hmm. I would have been 32. Mm -hmm turned 32 when I left the fire department. So yeah. I'm 38 now. So, um, you know, basically I think it was like 34, 35. I said every year I'm going to be in better shape than the year before. And, and so far I, I feel like I've kept that promise. I think you're there. So, um, you know, but I, I definitely understand that when you make it who you are, it impacts everything. Yeah. And, and the same thing with your health. Absolutely. Because we see it all the time. Yeah. When it's gone, it's gone. When you ignore it, it's just a fucking time bomb. Well, and then which people sometimes forget when they do have decent health, your health, like you've already said, impacts every single area of your life. So for better or worse, like you better start working on it because then when you do have this huge time bomb go off in your body that I mean it's not a good place to be well and there's two things there one is you cannot skimp on your food your nutrition no Um, and they're even estimating now some of the things I've been reading is that like even our organic food now is like 92% less nutritional value in like minerals and things that it's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. So if you go back 50 years, the food then was, or, or something 92%, like 50 years ago, there was 92% more minerals in the food that is now or that there is now. And so that that it brings in the whole concept of supplements, which is a whole separate issue mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, you have to supplement more now, even if you eat organic. Even you, if you're perfect yeah. because our soils are so depleted. They're so depleted because they just keep planting the same shit and they're not yeah. allowing 
you know, the regenerative things to happen. Yeah. And so, um, you know, some supplementation is important. Supplementation that is, you know, what your body is actually telling you you need, which is important, which is how we determine by testing. Yeah. Um, and, and sourcing those supplements because it's the same thing. When you have, you know, medicinal herbs in here, it depends on how they're grown because it's the same thing as growing some Food. lettuce, you know, so you have to have those tested. So like we third party test all of our supplements for that content. Mm -hmm. So knowing that piece is important because, you know, they're shitty everything. Yeah. And then, and then I think the second thing too is, um, if you're holding on to, will my insurance pay for it? You're going to be sick. Yes. Hand, I, hands down. I already said it's sick care. Like, like let's just realize what it's good for, what it helps with and what it doesn't. But, but that's the thing is, is people want, I understand it. Like, yeah, you, you, you just can't be cheap on your health and yeah. it's the, you know, you're not going to put regular gas in a Ferrari. You're going to put the best gas in there to get the best performance out of it. So that's how you need to treat your body. Yeah. I mean, we literally, like, if you think about all the things we do to, to be healthy, like what was I doing this weekend? I literally was changing out our all, light bulbs. all of our led light bulbs <laughs> because they produce such a high level of EMFs and blue light. Yeah that you sit under constantly like that's just one thing micro thing that we do. Yeah. You know, and, I, and most people don't do that stuff because they don't yeah. want to spend the money and they don't see the, the initial quick exchange of value. Well, even just buying organic, you know, that's still a struggle for some people. And I'm like, well, same thing. Like, do you, do you want to have a Ferrari that drives like a Ferrari? Like, or do you want to be broken down on the side of the road? Like you can't put crap in. Well, You're going to get crap out. Yeah. So, I you mean, know, food's a very big deal. Yeah. Like if you, if you're not putting your health on a pedestal, like you're really missing the boat. Yeah. You know, if you're just, if you believe that, Oh, cancer is going to happen. If it happens, it's genetic. It's, you know, this weight is just what, what happens when you get older, you know, my testosterone goes down as I get older. Bullshit. Yeah. I get tired of hearing that. I know. Um, if you just accept those things, you're going to be sick. Yeah. And, um, again, we're not standing up here waving our flag saying we're better than you. We're just saying, this is what we do every day. Yeah. And like you're hearing too, we're both in progress with our own health. Right. But we know what it takes and we can guide where people need to be guided. Yeah. You know, our clinical results speak for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, because we know how to do this and how to get down to people's issues and to help them turn around their health. I, I just, I, you know, people are so not in tune with those things, though. 
You know, they're they, not like I'm changing out light bulbs to incandescent light bulbs. I know. I'm, I have a meter, an EMF meter, walking around our house, seeing what the let's the, go Thomas Edison the the average level is, and we're making that change. And then we're, you know, we have a um, a blocker on our smart meter, and then we have. Well, there's just a a thing that came out that said like the majority of the U.S.'s water supplies should would be deemed illegal in European countries because of the amount of chemicals in it. Yes. And so we have a whole house filter and then we have a reverse osmosis filter that reintroduces the minerals. And then we have the, the not air purifiers. We have like all of these things. Or our, the triad airs. Yeah. We, we have our kids wear blue light filter glasses. And I mean, we just, you have to be diligent about this stuff. Otherwise, yeah. Like the EMF thing, like I'm, that's the book I'm reading right now is we are bathed in dirty electricity everywhere we go. I don't doubt it. And the more and more, you know, towers they put up and to get us faster speeds and all that shit is just making it worse. Like it said that if you went back in time to now, like how much more EMFs, like it's, a trillion trillion like that like that's how much wow i didn't know it's that high it's insane yeah so um i always this is what i tell patients though like there's so many layers to this start with food yeah start yeah, with something that you do every single day which is eat yep um not to take away from the emfs but sometimes like people just Oh yeah, you have they to get, start somewhere. They get saucer yeah. eyes and they don't even know like where to start. Right. Because it's overwhelming. To oh them. yeah. You know. Um because when but that's the stuff that, that shouldn't be overwhelming. Like I feel like there should be education on it. Yeah. And it's so opposite. Like this world is so upside down. Yeah. Like we shouldn't have to be worrying about them putting a tower next to a fucking school. Yeah. To dose these kids. Or to fight it. That we don't it. want it across the park from our house. Right. You know, and that's the type of stuff. It's like, it's not even studied, you know, and, and that information should be abundant and it should be around all the time. And it's just not, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, you're right. No, I, I, I just, I say that because it's like, we do, we're so diligent yes. about what we do. Like any vacation we go on, what do we do? We go to the whole, whole, the whole foods. foods or the closest health store to get all of our water. Um, you know, we were even talking about, I was like, oh shit, we need to get a, a shower filter to take with us. We bring our, our portable triad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's like you have to start somewhere and, and, yeah. and food. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. I always say food's a big deal. Like food, water, air. Like those are kind of the areas I tell patients to hit first because all those things you encounter a lot on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, for the rest of it, like that's where we can guide you. Like, cause we're way down the rabbit hole, like, because we know all these impacts and we know the layers and layers of things. And unfortunately too, being in the U.S. is one of them. You know, we just don't have protections here as consumers that other countries have. Well, and part of my story is if I if I relied on 
insurance to get me to where I'm at today, I wouldn't be here today. No. Because they wouldn't cover some of the tests we've done. You know, they certainly don't cover herbal supplements. No. You know, they're not paying for the light bulbs <laughs> in our house, you know, no. so that, so that's a, that's my, my main point is, you know, and it's, it's kind of a joke in our office, but it doesn't cover anything that works. Yeah. You know, to rebuild your health. Yes. It, you know, emergency care is kind of like the anomaly. Yeah. But to rebuild your health, it, yeah. it's not like you're just a number and that's that. Yeah. So, yeah. So what else? Anything else you'd like to add in there? No, no. I mean, hopefully people have listened this long, but. You know, I mean, it's just funny. We found a, a a company that used the fireman carpenter analogy because I used to be a firefighter. I know. You know, and and you're a carpenter doc. I'm not. I'm not a doctor, but you know, I'm, I definitely play a role in in our office and getting people better. So absolutely. And that's the thing, man. Like, you know, we people don't understand like how much we actually do care. You know, like we, you know, we do care about people getting better. Yes. And, you know, despite we have some feisty patients now and again, but, you know, like this is what we do. Yeah. And that's part of the reason we're, we're doing this podcast too, is, is to be able to, you know, extend that reach a little bit further. Yes. To get people the information that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, and to encourage them. Yeah. I think they lose hope, you know, because they are stuck in a system that's failing them. Yeah. And they don't know where to turn. Yeah. Like they don't know who to go to, you know, especially if that's all they know. Right. But that's, that's the point of, if you are relying on your insurance to pay for it, then you're, you're probably not going to get where you need to go. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't know, it's definitely sad that that's the state that we're in. And that's not something that you and I can change, but we can be a part of the the small fraction to, to get it going the right direction. Well, we can be the light and, and you know, be the hub of, of doing change, yeah. like changing people's health, which is what we've done and what we'll continue to do. Right. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think the, the one thing that we do is, is really different is we're not really focused on your diagnosis. Like we're more focused on seeing what your tests say and not putting a label on it. Um, and, and it's just that way of thinking that, that actually, I think that's how they get the results that, that they do. Yeah. You know, because if we're focused on this box of this diagnosis, then you're just going to stay within that box. Yes. You know, so if you shatter that box and go, I don't really care what that that says. Mm -hmm. It's data, but we're going to get some better data over here to really figure out what's going on. Absolutely. So, and I'm just living proof of that. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is it is emotional. It is. But 
the data or the facts. Like you can look at my binder of tests and go, here was his gut when he started and here it is now. And here's the trajectory of, yeah, it's in the green now. Mm-hmm. I just got to do what I got to do to keep it there. I got to live that piece of it every day. Yeah. And make it who I am every day. And like I told you, like, it's a little dramatic, but you're, you're nowhere near where you were. No. Even just a short few years ago. Yeah. You continue to get better with your health every year. Yeah. And there's just a lot of damage done that takes time to leave and to be restored. Yeah. But you're on the right track. Yep. I have the right doctor. Hey. So, (laughs) all right. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. I think just like I already mentioned, like, you know, we really want to be that light for people that are struggling. Like it really does not matter the health issue, the health condition, the diagnosis. I always say I'm I'm not scared of anything. Yeah. The only thing I can't work with is a patient who's, who's unwilling that and whose house is currently on fire. Like we have to deal with that appropriately before I can work with a patient like that. But if they're willing, well, that's what we do. Everybody's house is on fire though, so I don't understand what you're saying. I mean, some somebody in an active need of medical attention. Oh, yeah. I cannot work with a patient who needs active medical attention. Yeah. So, you know, I can get them after that. But, like, they have to be in a place where their body is steady and, you know, it's safe for us to start to do some things for them. Yeah. All right. Well, take us out, MC. All right. Well, that is episode four. And where can we find you? So I'm Beardman1776 on Instagram. And I am at Jacqueline Burns, B-E-R-E-N-S, on Instagram. And our office is? Wellnesswaycentennial.com. Yes, and at the Wellnesswaycentennial on Instagram. So we hope you guys enjoyed. We hope that you will do us a solid by sharing this if you enjoyed it that way the word can get out and uh anything else no that's it all right looking forward to next time guys all right see you